0: Faith. So I'm going to continue on that subject right now, and the first thing I, I just kind of want to do a, a, a quick little review about it, and and what we've talked about in the past, and that's basically there, there's two separate kingdoms. One's based upon God, and its faith is the currency of that kingdom. The other is based upon the world and the enemy, which is Lucifer, the enemy of, uh, of us, and that's fear. That's the currency of that kingdom. Those two kingdoms do not coexist in the same place at the same time. That's also why giving. You don't have fear of giving. You give. God blesses you. If you have afraid to give, God withholds because what kingdom you're walking in. Now, fear, I spoke a couple weeks ago, and I said it's something that cannot be tolerated in your life. There's no place for it anywhere in your life because it's a currency of the wrong kingdom. And faith doesn't flow when you do that it's very important we deal with that, you know. And I kind of just was thinking that I probably should really expand on what fear is. Because we think fear, oh, I just don't fear. Fear and its cousins like worry, concern, timidity, terror, anxiety, phobias, fright, dread, horror, panic, alarm, uh, trepidation, apprehension. All these things that give you a great need to control things in your life are all forms of fear. And fear cannot be tolerated in your life in any form or way. It has to be, and one of the words today was talking about the wall. That wall is the wall of faith. And what has to happen is those fears have to be pushed outside that wall and made sure that you're kept safe in faith. As long as fear is inside the walls of your life, you're going to get destroyed. As long as fear dwells in you, you will not accomplish the things you want to, and you will not have the joy that God promises when I started teaching on this I had not been practicing this and I found that when I started thinking about it and deciding to get rid of every element of fear in my life joy started coming like I haven't seen in a long time and so that is the natural fruit of the kingdom of God it's the natural fruit of not having fear in your life there's lots of reasons to be concerned there's lots of reasons to fear in life it's the things of the kingdom of this world the choice is yours to push those things out. And so we're trying to define really what faith is. The church, the world has all formed an idea of what faith is. And I think it's a, a perverted version of what faith is. I think faith is quite a bit different than what we see and what we think about. One of the things we cited, it wasn't uh, fear. <laughs> and, uh, and the first thing we learned about it was that faith was a covenant. And uh, we found that from the Old Testament. Would you throw up for a slide? Okay, here. This is the definition of faith of the Old Testament. Literally, firmness, uh, uh, I can't even say it, Uh, security, moral, fidelity, faithfulness, stability, steady truth. It's the idea of a covenant type of relationship. And in the Old Testament, when it's spoken, about They talk about breaking faith or not keeping faith. They may talk, be talking about a relationship between a husband and a wife. They may be talking about a relationship uh, 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 with God or what they're to do or different things like that. It's talking about breaking a covenant. So faith, first of all, is a covenant. Lack without fear. It's a covenant. It's a covenant, first of all, with God and then with one another. That's why we said it's extremely important. That is a church that we don't not only break faith with God, we don't break faith with one another. We have a relationship with one another. Uh, and when people step on your toes, when people insult you, when people say things foolishly or purposely or whatever way it is, we're not to take the offense and stay in offense. It says don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why? It's a break of covenant. It's not operating in faith. So we build from that base of what the Old Testament's foundation is, covenant with God and with one another. So when we think of faith, that's what we're thinking. Of. We're thinking about we're walking in covenant with one another and with God. And we're not to break that. It's a different idea than what we usually think of faith as getting what we want. That is not faith. He gives you things and he blesses you, but faith is not the, the accumulation of things that you desire. So it's a covenant, first of all. Uh, if you want to look up number 16, you'll see some breaking of covenants. Uh, Exodus 32, Malachi 2, uh, uh, you'll find 2, uh, 11, and 14. You'll find different types of breaking of covenants. Uh, uh, the second thing, uh, next thing we came up with, is it's a uh, response to God's directive. The next slide, Matthew 15, 16. I don't, oh, that's right here. don't you to read that.
1: But what about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it.
0: Okay, so the rock, you know, (laughs) the Catholic Church says that it was the rock Peter and we're the church because we have Peter nonsense. The rock they're talking about right here is the foundation of God's revelation and direction. That's how he's going to build his church, by his revelation and direction in your life and my life. That's how it's built. It's built upon that foundation that the kingdom of God reigns and rules on this earth. Revelation and direction. So it's from hearing God. Uh, Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes from hearing the message, and the message comes through preaching Christ or it actually says it really comes out revelation of Christ. It's not really talking about this. It's, it's, it's a speaking of presence of, of God. It's a, uh, 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 it's speaking about revelation because this is what it's all about, revelation from God, hearing God. Now we have the word of God, which is great, and we, that is, is the plumb line for what we move upon, and it's a direction, and it gives us a lot of direction, but there's a lot of things in the word of God. There's things that are encouraged and discouraged, and there's corrections. There's lots of different things. What are you going to listen to? It's the breathing, living God, word of God that matters. So it's a response to what God's direction. It's not each step of the way. It's not being fearful. It's being faithful. It's keeping faith in covenant. Now we looked at, we started off with Hebrews 11. That's where we're going to pick up, and I'm just going to kind of remind us. The sure of what we hope for, we talked about, go to the Hebrews 11 one. We decided it was, the sure, of what we hoped for was God's kingdom and his salvation and his revelation. That's the things we hoped for. It wasn't the new car, and all the other things. God loves to give new cars. God loves to get the things. Don't get me wrong. God loves to bless you because he's a good God. But that's not what it's talking about when it's talking about faith. It's being sure of what we hope for and the things we don't see. And then it goes into thinking about creation, knowing that creation, that God created everything. And we saw that, that uh, during the first couple of verses in there. Then we saw in verse 3 that, it, that his kingdom preexisted creation, and everything on heaven and earth is based upon God's revelation. God's revelation, him speaking into being, this ocean out here, the sand, this place we're standing on, you and I are all come from it. That is the true reality. That preexists the reality here. God's kingdom is more real his rule and reign, his dimension, is more real than what you see today. And this, uh, this verse 3 is making that point. And in other parts in the scriptures, it says, you know, it's all the stuff. The heavens and the earth are going to roll up like a scroll, but his word will never go away. Not one bit of it. So the true reality, the real permanent reality, the real reality is not here what we see. It's the kingdom of God in what he says. That's being sure of what we hope for. We also saw in 4 that it was not bound by time, and actions still speak. We saw that uh, with Cain and Abel. Faith's currency of the kingdom we saw in 5 and 6. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken away, he was commended as one who pleased God, and without him faith is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, what hits you about this scripture the most, about, uh, about uh, Enoch? He pleased God. Yeah, that's very important. Why did he please him? Yeah, he walked with God. Okay, and that's the point I want to make here, that Enoch walked with God. And, and this is conjecture on my part, but how do you think he got taken away? I just picked him up. Yeah, he did. But how did he get get taken away? Because he walked out a walk of faith, and that was part of that walk of faith. Do you think he believed, God, I'm never going to die? He believed that nothing would ever happen to me, I'd never taste death? No, he never dreamed of that. He thought he'd die just like everyone else. But it was his relationship, his commitment, his uh, covenant with God that he walked out. And that walking out took him into heaven. Does that make sense to you guys? Because the point I want to take and I want to get with faith, it is not individual items. It's a process. and It's not individual steps, though you take them one by one. It's a process that you're going forward in the things of God that you end up becoming and going to the place that God wants to take you. In this case, he was taken up into heaven. Maybe we get taken up in heaven. Who knows? Maybe we please God that way. Maybe he does, as God does sometimes, takes people up in the Spirit. We see that in the, in the, in the New Testament. We see him being trans, people being transported to other places to witness. I know of people that have done it in this day and age because God still does the same stuff. He didn't give up shop a long time ago. He still goes forward. So... That's what I would be pointing out. But what's the next thing? Why don't you read for him? Uh, this is something that Linda hit last week and wanted to start with, and it's a big can of worms. By faith, can you read that? Can you, go? you could if i but... By
1: faith, no, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country he lived in tents as did isaac and jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is god
0: okay tell me guys what do you see in this When do you want to start out because you started out last week <laughs> well i
2: think that with abraham he was called out god's hand was on him and it says that not only God's hand was on him, but he he saw in a greater vision uh, what obedience and, and and walking out that obedience would produce, which was his inheritance. Okay.
0: The fullness
2: of everything God had for him.
0: How about uh, when he was called to go, listening, right? Isn't this an example of what we've been talking about so far? As he's called to go, he heard, he listened, he operated in the form of by revelation. Okay? Uh, even though he not did, did not know where he was going. Okay, this is a process of going someplace. God's taking you to a place that you don't know, that you're going to later receive as an inheritance. What else about this scripture? I think
2: the other piece to it is that he didn't come under the unction of what people thought. He listened only to the voice of God. And in the natural, it makes no sense to pack up your camels and head out when you don't know where you're going. Because what he had
0: to do, he had to leave family and friends, right? He had to leave what? Comfort. Everything you're comfortable with. So what do we know about faith from this? That it causes, it's a journey that you, by by hearing, that will very often cause you to leave your comfort zone. Now, let's give an example of comfort. What does Abraham mean? father of many. Abram means father. Abraham means father of many. Okay, so you got first of all stuck with the name father when you're not a father. Think that caused a little bit of pressure in his life? I think so. And then you you go around and say, no, I'm called father of many. (laughs) Excuse me? Do you think people were not laughing and snickering at him? I guarantee it. Maybe not to his face, but I guarantee it. You know, I mean, that old fool who calls himself father and then he doesn't have a kid. I mean, wow! I mean, that—that—that's really gutsy. Now, do you think God ever does that with us? Does He ever give us different things that He causes us to believe, and looks absolutely foolish to everybody around? Why does He do that?
2: Testing God.
0: Yeah, well, testing. Give me an example of what testing means. New Testament, even though this is Old Testament, we're going to apply it. No, testing is the, well, it does separate, you're right now. It is our
2: faithfulness, how much we believe in him, what he is saying.
0: Okay, when we're saying testing, are we saying, uh, are we saying uh, that he's tested us to see if we get an A or B or C or D? You mean that? Test no, testing
3: that uh, we will do what he is
2: saying us to do. Okay. okay. testing the obedience. Okay.
0: That's very, very good. But there's another part I'm looking for. He's teaching
2: us to be able to hear his voice.
0: Right. And obey his voice. All right. Even when it doesn't make sense, that's very true. What would you liken that to? Now, a weightlifter tests a weight when he picks it up to see if he can handle it, doesn't he? He does. And then when he does, he he tests how far he can go with it, how many repetitions he can do. Do it once, maybe twice. So the point of what I'm trying to say on that. Is testing is a way of building our strength in our faith. So with that, why does he do that? Does there some place that he has to go later with it?
2: He he wants to uh, see how much he can trust us. Yeah. He he says something to us to do for the future or in our destiny. Then we will do what he is asking us to do.
0: Yes, but think about this as the issue. Do you think it's maybe so we're able to carry more? I, I, I get what you're saying. That, that tests us to see if we'll actually do what he said. And that's part of it. And that's a very big part of it. But the other part in the testing is to develop us with a greater strength that we, he may need a little bit more faith later on in his life than he did right then. So, and, and so when he was testing him with that, he was strengthening him. So he would be able to stretch him, so he'd be able to.
3: I think when you're in school and you take a test, you realize what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And you realize what areas you haven't learned. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we go through tests in our lives, we realize the things that we have learned about God and his character and the things that we still have to learn. That's right. And then we benefit from it because we kind of get to know where we're at. And that's all the test is
0: for You know, I really don't think of school that way, but you're, you're right in it. I usually don't. I usually think I flunked it, <laughs> I'll tell you the truth, because that was usually the case <laughs> or close to it. But, but that is the truth. But it is the same, same concept, the idea to focus on the idea of growth and getting stronger and having greater faith to accomplish more. The things that we get tested right here in our own lives right now are so we can have the faith for greater things later. He's always building us up to go farther and do more. Because, I, again, I do not believe, we're, as Christians, we're called to be weak and mild. I believe we're called to be warriors and destroy the works of the enemy. Very strong.
2: I think part of testing, too, is um, getting to know him more. Because as you get, okay, test, you get to know him, the character, and his faithfulness to us, even though we, you know waver in our faithfulness. He's still faithful as you get to know him more through each test and his love for us as you go through different tests that are different levels. Had he done it earlier, you wouldn't have made it, but because he's such a gentleman and he takes you right where you're at, as you move through each test, each test, each test, and he's after your heart, then when big ones come and hit you harder, it's, it's a different thing because you know his character and you know, okay, this is hard, it hurts, it's uncomfortable, no comfort zone, but you know his character brought to
0: other Very, very good point. And also that just really capitalizes on covenant because that's what a covenant is. A covenant is is when you fail me or I fail you, though God never fails us. But when we fail, we still loved. When we don't do what we should it's like with, the, like with children. I have like this, My daughter doesn't always or my son doesn't always come up to my hopes. Do I always love them. You bet. You know, and when we get tested with that, and it's the point, I'm just kind of capitalizing on that point there. When we get tested that, we know that God is faithful and forgives us. There is nothing you can do that would make God not love you. He loves the wicked and the righteous. Unfortunately, the wicked that do not choose him are not going to live with them. I don't know how to put it any other way, but he does love them. He does love them completely. Well,
3: um, I think uh, before there was a before there was a, a record, Olympic record four minute mile, and before Jesse Owens broke the mile uh, record, people like scientists were saying that human body cannot run that fast. No. But once he broke that record, it was broken repeatedly by different teams around the world. So I think God tests us and says, "Smash you can handle this much," and I don't think I can. But then he puts me there as, oh, I did it. actually. I, maybe that four-minute mile was not a limitation. I could go farther than I thought. You know? And God puts us these, puts us in situation where we have to break the record.
0: Okay, and there, there is very another good thing. The unbelief, you know, all the stuff right there, that kind of fear things was a wall. Then until somebody believed that could happen, it wasn't, it was broken. Somebody had to. He had to somehow have in his mind that I can do this. I can go past that spot. Probably was God in his life doing it. I don't know if was a Christian or not. God works whether you're a Christian or not. God does things. You choose. Uh, Eric's not here today, but he had a great story once that he, that he told me about God working in him before he knew him and how God was pleased with him because he operated in faith, even though he didn't really know him at the time. But on his, uh, on his amount of revelation he had, he operated on it. Which was great.
2: I want to even use my sickness, for example, when I was diagnosed with cancer. Although so I've had some people tell me, you know, this is not a test, I would do this. But I think it was a test for me. I think it was a test for my faith because although the doctors told me, well, you're a type of cancer, there's no, you're going to have it forever, I could have said, okay, I'm, I'm going to have a cancer, or just whatever, I'll serve you with the sickness. And I could have also, I did the opposite. I said, no. This is a testing of my faith. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to believe what you told me. And uh, that helped me uh, tremendously. I, I really do believe that. If I had not said, listen, look at it that way, the spiritual aspect of it,
0: you wouldn't be around.
2: I would not, I would not be
0: around. I, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that it was the it was choice you made to believe God and not operate in your fear. Right. You know, that was ready to, and had good reason to have fear. See, a good reason to have fear is not a reason to have fear. <laughs> you can't put up with it. You cannot tolerate it in your life. You have to shove it out of your life. Okay, what else do we say about this thing? What's the inheritance?
2: The
0: huh? The yeah. It's even more than that. In this case, it's just promises. It's also salvation, Right? Okay, it's a salvation. It's, it's also the kingdom. That's inheritance. He inherited the kingdom, became the father, father of faith. Okay, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. What does that mean? By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. What hit you about that? Open up. Listen to the revelation God puts out in the room. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He's living
3: in the kingdom mm-hmm. even though we're in this world, the world.
0: That's a good, that's a very good application. Okay. That's good, too. To me, what stands out here is he made his home in the promise. Made his home in the promise. Huh? Well, it's going to feel strange. Yeah, it's, it's going to be foreign. It's not what your eyes see. Remember what it starts off with? It's, uh, uh, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. And again, we're not talking about the things to get. This is not the context of this in any form. I actually started off in, into Hebrews 10 before to make that point perfectly clear. Because the context of this is not about that. The context is about a walk of faith. And being at home in faith and living out. Live, what's it say? The righteous shall live by faith. And that's the promise. So he made his home in the promise. That's where he, be, he was. That was home. That was his native land. That was his place. That was his place of security. The, the promise. Not the reality of what you see. And we hate to, I hate to use the word reality because it is not the reality. The reality of what you see is not true reality. The reality of the kingdom is true reality. That's what faith is. Faith is understanding that that reality of the kingdom is the real thing. That promise is the real thing. Our whole life is based upon a promise of salvation with him in the end and a walk all the way through to there. That he made a home in, why he's called the father of faith. That's why he's called the father of faith, because of that one line, line right there. Mm-hmm. That's Hebrews 13. Thank you. (laughs) That's very accurate, though. Exactly. We'll pull that back out and bring it up again, too, because that's exactly where it is. What is, because it's not about what you receive. That is really not. Whether you receive it or not is not the case. That's not faith, whether we get it or not. That's God's problem. You know, faith is is the walk in the covenant and believing God. Believing God's a good God, not believing God for, he's going to give me this and this and this along the way. Not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Remember that scripture? Uh Uh-huh. It's it's an agreement. That's that's an aspect of it. It also is believing the good, in other people. That's faith. That's covenant faith. It's believing the good. It's looking for the good. Well, I'll never forget the first time I saw John Paul Jackson. Uh, one of the first times. It wasn't the first time, but one of the times that he came and ministered to a church, a local church, by us, and my fam, some of my family was in there, and he was going down the list of all the stuff about one particular family member, that I could give you a list ten times longer of the bad of it, of, of the person, of shortcomings of them. But he was able to see from God's view, God's point of view, and that's what the revelatory gift is. The revelatory gift is to see God's future and intentions for a person's life. It's not to see their sin. God chooses to overlook the sin. That's the devil's job. Very often we get the devil's job real good and we don't get God's real well. <laughs> <laughs> what it comes down to. What's this other thing, okay, let me just finish up this sentence here um uh, by faith I'm home of, uh a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did isaac Isaac Jacob, and their heirs with him for the same promise. What was lived in tent? What do you think that would mean <laughs> that's a very good point I didn't think of, but yeah, it was. It's very uncomfortable. That's that's a very good point. I hadn't put that off put that down, huh? Temporary. Yeah. Willingness to move. What else?
3: All those things are action. When I see by faith, Noah did something by faith. Abraham it's all action. It's almost like because of Noah's faith, he built the ark. Because of Abraham's faith, he went. He left. He lived in the tent. And it's just like James says, faith without works. is dead. It's not just the mental <coughs> believing. In, it was the action that he did. It
0: down. Action's very good.
2: Also, I think that he, he was um, uh, able to deal with all the limitations, but he had to deal with it as his people during the journey that he was, he had to move uh, Constantly
0: and uh, until the the uh, promise they say. Yeah, it, you you've hit on a very good, very good part of it, and that is the part of not making anything permanent. So, so in, in faith, you can't you don't you don't build build a uh, monument. You're you're able to move on when you're in when you're in your place of faith. You realize that no, you aren't going to get comfortable. Good point. And be in a permanent place, you're in a place of transition. Faith is always a place of transition. It's never a place of I've arrived. It's transition. Prophetically, what would you say? Say the same thing. Prophetically, I'm really surprised my prophetic church aren't going and saying, oh, tent, that would mean temporary. Because that's what it means.
2: That's
0: right. Oh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong. Oh, she did. Temporary. And, and it's not a place of permanence; it's a place of moving on. What's the next thing? Uh, the receiver of report. He was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect is builder. What? Oh, he's still laughing at me? Okay. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Go ahead. I was thinking about the
2: foreign city also that... A lot of our faith is we don't, we just don't know God. We don't understand Him enough
3: to to be able to believe in believe in what He's capable of doing. The more, the bigger God is, the more we know and see what He can do. The more we we're able to believe in Him, but we're not.
0: That's a very good aspect, because without that growing and moving and changing and willing to go, you will never see God who he is. You know, uh, Abraham saw who he is and got the answers of not only the, that a promise there, but even the greater promise as he went and followed the way of God. That, see, that's what faith is. Faith is that, that, pot, that process of moving along and being transformed and being changed. And being willing to God form us and take us to the places we want to go in the comfort and discomfort of life, uh, in the things of where you be called father when you don't have any kids and father and many when you don't have any. And then you know what? Can't get to see it all. I mean, I was supposed to sons as as many as the sands of the sea. Well, what do you do with
2: that one? I wanted to piggy- t- uh, piggyback off of something that Linda said about somebody walking in faith, and I, I always am amazed about how challenged I am by someone else walking out in their own faith. I look at that and say, I think, not do that, and so I challenge it because I don't have the faith to do what they're called to do because God's given them the faith to walk. In. So. Maybe that, that kind of does come you with know, what you were saying. You don't get your mouth on what somebody like, oh my God, I right, can't be God. But we have to really think about the fact that, you know, I haven't even been faithful to walk that out but that person has, you know, and, and bless it instead of cursing it. You can oh, that's not, that, that, that can't be God. No, I don't know what's God and what is it. I have to just bless that God's blessing that. And, and, and uh, not worry about my own fear. Like, well, I don't, want, I
0: don't want to walk in there. Now, on the other side of that, and i got to give the other side, uh, sometimes it's best to shut up and not say anything. If I don't know, I'll shut up and say nothing. Uh, sometimes I know that they don't know themselves. And what they think is God sometimes is their own desires, their own will. And they have... The church in general trains people to hear their own will, and they call it God. So sometimes they're operating on their own will, and it's a real trick to be out without undermining their faith. Usually it's subject to based upon a particular thing. This is going to happen. God's going to do this thing right here. That's usually assigned to me as, oh, I'm not too sure about that, because I don't really see very often. There There is in the scriptures that it's one little item. Again, faith, if you're seeing, looking at this, is a process of walking things along. It's not whether you get this one thing or not. Because as Linda uh, hit the punchline on 13 or whatever it is, these people were still, when they died, they did not receive what was promised. They didn't get all the stuff that they promised. Well, what do you do with that one? Well, sometimes it's a thing of a genuine promise, and sometimes it's a matter of people's own heart and own will. Being confused. I mean, I listen to prophecy. About Personal prophecy, probably 80% of it's garbage. Excuse me. Probably 80% of the words people get and give to one another is just, they read, they're reading your soul, your heart, your desire, and they think that's prophecy. They're hearing the inside of you because they've learned to hear the inside of them, and they don't really know. It's hard to hear God's voice. I mess up on it. But people, because... When I give you a word, let's say, let's say Karen wants to be a superstar, and okay, and I can prophesy Karen's gonna be a superstar, and she's gonna think I'm the greatest prophet in the world. Why? Because I told her what she wanted to hear. And so now I'm gonna get some affirmation as being a prophet, and somebody she's gonna say, well, that man, you know, he Gary, he's a really great prophet, and all of a sudden I'm gonna get a storm of going, a bunch of people, and so a lot of people run around, and big name ones uh, will do this too and they'll go prophesy with the heart of man to people, and they get a good reputation, and a lot of people want them to come, and they get big offerings, and uh, and, then the, the, and it's all built on the wrong stuff. And then you go sit there and look at all the stuff, and you don't see the stuff come true. And you think God isn't real. Well, God is real, and his prophecies are real. About 20% of the ones you hear are. There are some people, like you go to a John Paul, I mean, he's much, much higher. You know, he doesn't sit there bent on giving you what you want to hear. He'll tell, you, he'll tell you God's intentions for you. It may be something long ways away from where you're at. He may call something here, you know, that you don't even see any evidence in life. I've heard some prophecy of me that I saw no evidence whatsoever in my life, you know, and I found some of those to you to be true. But they, used it. they weren't things like, I'm going to be a movie star. They aren't going to be this thing that I'm going to have this great wealth or this new job or this thing. Does God give those sometimes? Yeah, he does. But most time, you hear it from people, unfortunately it's not. So what happens is, though I may be now the greatest person to that person and be told all over, but what happens to that person is now thinks they've got a confirmation from a prophet, or something in their heart, and they base their life on it, and when they get disappointed and don't receive it, then they fall away from God. So you be dang careful when you give somebody a word that it's from the Lord. Because they'll unfortunately, they should, they should know better than face base it on an item, but they don't. So when you give them and that's what I'm trying to teach you, it's not about an item, it's not about the things you hope for or want or this or other else it's about the king of kings. This is all about him. It is not about you. Faith is about him, not about you. I've picked say it a hundred times. Faith is about him, not about you, him, not you, him, not you. It's not about you. It's not about you getting what you want. It's not about you becoming who you think you should be or God's even told you're going to be. It's about him. It's about his kingdom, his rule and reign. That's confusing. It's confusing because we've been messed up on that. Does he give words about your own personal destination? Is it sometimes about? Yeah, it is. Sometimes. But the whole thing is about him. That makes a lot of people real sad because they think, oh, I'm not going to get what I want. But you may. It's about a good God that loves to bless you. He wants to bless you. That's his heart to bless you. He wants to give you as much as you can give you without destroying you. I like to give my daughter and my kids as much without spoiling them. You know? If you get every single thing you have, then what happens if you don't get the next thing? Well, it's
2: not very important
0: anymore. It's not very important anymore, and, and if you don't get the next thing, you quit. You quit. I see this as an investment advisor. I've seen parents that give their kids everything they ask for, finances, every time they ask for money, they give them money, and they keep on giving them money and keep on getting money. The longer they do it, the madder they're going to be when they don't get what they want. I'm going to tell you, I have seen, I've, I've, my, my favorite one to talk about is a girl that this time ran up her credit card to $86,000, and this was 20 years ago. $86,000 is a lot more then than it is now. And I just told the mother, I said, you know, what, well, this is not the first time it's happened, is it? She came to you with a few thousand the first time, a few more the next time, and it's kept on growing. And it'll keep on growing until she takes all of your money. Not because she wants to be mean, not because she's an evil child, it's because you really I didn't say this part, because you haven't raised her right. That's what it is. Well God knows how to raise you right, guys. He's not going to give you everything you ask for. God. Thank God is right because when you don't get what you want, you're gonna be a spoiled brat about it. I know I've been I've been blessed real highly. So I know what it is not to give it all along. That's right. So you're gonna go through certain tests, so to strengthen the eye you receive it instead of becoming
3: a spoiled brat who doesn't appreciate it, by then you will have the character to not let that
0: ruin you. That's right. Uh, Wimber used to say you've been bl- you you've been blessed to give. You give to get to get to give. That's what he say. He say it all the time. He what what he gives you is to bless other people with because you know what you can't outgive God. you give away more, he's going to give you more. The thing is that always has our best intentions, like what
3: is best for us in mind. Like we don't about us being spoiled, but like if there's something that we want, he's like uh-huh, he can see down the road, he can see the very end like how that's going to go down. Like, um, oh, no, you you
0: want that, but that's not going to be something that's good for you. you know? Yeah, that that's especially prevalent when you deal with people with the I want that guy or I want that girl and all that stuff. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you over there. <laughs> so, you, so what you're saying is we need to get our priorities. We need to put our priorities in the right order. In the
2: party. kingdom. Yeah, we need to put whatever comes first, first, according to
0: the Bible. Yeah, which, is, which comes first according to the Bible? What was it? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. <laughs> And all the other things are giving. That's exactly what you're saying. It's the priority of things right. Now look what the ending line to this, and I want to close on that. For, he was looking forward to a city with foundation whose architect and builder is God. Looking forward. The priority the priority he had was God. His kingdom, his city, his, his new Jerusalem, his uh, rule and reign. That was his priority. And that's what he looked forward to. And that's one of the attributes of faith. It's looking forward to God's kingdom rather than yours. What was the fall? The fall was being changing from the tree of life being God-centered to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil being you-centered, self-centered. That was the fall. So obviously what keeps us in the fall is going back to satisfying yourself. Why would he ever build a kingdom on giving you everything you dang well want? Because it would be all about you again. And it's the fall. God is not building that kingdom. He's building the kingdom of God. Sibby said that she had a word that uh, that's that going to begin to rebuild the walls. Well, the walls to rebuild, which is actually weren't it's Nehemiah. Well, I'm going to be teaching on that because it's all about faith, the faith. The to, to fight as you builds the faith, brick by brick. It does not put up wall sections out of sign. It's brick by brick. And God, as you take your eyes off of yourself and you're worried about getting what we want and about. What, getting what he wants. Remember, it's all about worship. It's all about praying to him and worshiping him and, and about blessing him. Then he gives you what you want, which is a joy and peace that comes from worshiping him. But it's about him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and righteousness. It's the kingdom as well.
3: What do you do with, um, there's, I'm not going to go into who it is, but my friend of mine got this book. He thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. and He's just getting into being a Christian. And he's like, yeah, well, so I'm reading this book by this guy, and, I mean, he must know a lot because he's got, like, 50,000 people in his church and big old huge church, and everybody from the state goes there, blah, blah, blah. And he says, I'm not asking God for enough. That's why I'm not getting it. To get really blessed, I just got to ask for a whole lot more. So he's, like, all focused on how much he's going to get because now he's increased his desire to get stuff by, like, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I don't
1: think that. No, dude, this guy's got a television show, and he's got this book.
0: Let's call Christian Pornography. It's also very popular in the world how you,
1: too. How do you explain to someone that
3: that's not the? the you country. can't. I told him I think God's going to get tired of listening to you telling him you want
0: more. See, we've got 40 people and he's got 50,000. Who are you going to believe? Unfortunately, yeah, they're going to so believe.
1: And a television show and two books. Yeah, yeah. And a whole stack of money. It's
0: very easy. The message that says I want God wants to give you what you want is a much easier message than to come die you mean, you and get be about a lot Him. More people. Yeah, it's a, lot, it's a lot easier. I mean, that's the temptation. i got to believe there's a lot of pastors out here in, 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 in Southern California. This guy's not in Southern California. But, no. Texas. Uh, but uh, anyway, there's a lot of people out there that have started off with good intentions. And because people won't hang around when you tell them the truth, they, they begin to change the message to get people to stay. Because if they stay, then they'll have a chance. They can't. How can they hear if they're not around to hear so they begin to do that with a good mind, and pretty soon they end up teaching, they end up being fear of man greater than the fear of God. You know, I preach the fear of God because I believe that, that it's about his kingdom and not about them. There's also people who preach better than me, too. So they I, uh, faith, Huh? They well, have faith they, they, well, yeah, but it's also an easier way to build it. And there's people that are a lot more charismatic. People are drawn to what is big. I mean, especially, the, I mean, not, you know, this guy's Texas uh, uh, from, but like, like around here, I mean, Hollywood, they're going to listen to people that has the biggest name and has the biggest TV thing. That's because that's, that's the society we live in. But it's kingdoms not of this world. It's the opposite of this world, you know?
3: Tell the guy who thinks he's going to get this big old huge something, and once he sees it, he's not getting nothing. I mean...
2: Hopefully he has
0: enough character to go on. Because that's, it. like I, I mentioned last week, that's how God, God gives us those things, especially when we first believe. It's just like the baby when you uh, take the first step. You know, you, you're just, yay, great job. You know, you're excited about it. And the next time he does that one step, you aren't so excited. The two or three, mm-hmm. and then you're excited when there's two or three. Same as God. You know, he's excited because he wants you to begin to step out in faith. And that's the beginning parts of faith is asking for the little things. Uh, Like that, that he gives you, Uh, and sometimes that's very. And a child is extremely selfish. Well, that's fine for a child, but when we get older in the faith, we got to grow up in the faith, and we have to be not about ourselves. Childhood is going from self-centeredness to being otherly minded. That's what's designed to be, and that's what a baby Christian is going from self-centered baby Christian to be otherly minded. We get saved because we don't want to go to hell. Then when we mature, we don't want anybody else to go to hell. That's a process. (laughs) You know, right? A lot of us in the middle, like, we don't care if you go to hell. <laughs> Some we tell to go to hell. I mean, part of the truth. But, just being real here, guys. That's the truth. But, but it's a process. And that, that's what hopefully i will make it through that process. Some of those people in that church are saved. Oh, probably a bunch of them. Maybe all of them, bro, I though. I don't think so. But maybe all of them. If that's a good beginning step, you know? But if he doesn't go on farther, most people that they'll grow in a church like that will leave the church after a while and find a church that they'll actually get something that they can learn about the kingdom and become who they're called to be. Some won't. Some will just be comfortable forever. And everything in that church will be designed for them to just stay there forever because that's the nature of man. You don't want want people to leave. You want them to stay. I was just going
3: to say that message that you're just talking about, sometimes that message is helpful for people. They don't understand that they are an heir of Christ, and you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that maybe have a poverty, a poverty mindset. Like, maybe they grew up with a lot of lack, and so they think that that's all they're ever going to have. Sometimes that message can help, you know, people to receive what God wants to <laughs> do in their life, because sometimes they're limited by their own life.
0: Or they were in church too long. I mean, I was in an church, early church uh, that, that had a poverty mindset that... that that if you're going to be holy, you're going to be poor. Yeah. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's why you got the message like, like the Kenneth Copeland and all that stuff, the name and claim it type yeah. of stuff. It was a pendulum swing yeah. to get people off the other end. Yeah. It is a truth, too, and there's a time that God calls you to do stuff like that, by the way. You know, it's a pendulum swing, but that's not really what the tension, the real tension of what the word is. The tension of the word is about the kingdom, you know. Oh, I was
2: just going to say, I, like, I have been one of those people. I was going to say what you said, and that has really helped me to be like. I felt God did take me one time. You think so small. You think all. Oh, it's you know, That game there you did, and at your house like a while ago, and everybody had these things at house, and I was like Sebastian had one on, on an island, and it was water everywhere, and mine was like this little log cabin. And, you, know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but I think it was <laughs> you know, like, right because he was like, yeah, I "Can I have anything?" And I think, Wow. And contained, yes. comfortable, and yes. safe. Yes. But you need to think bigger. You're yes. over here in this little tiny thing, and I'm over there in this big thing. So that message really helps me. Yes. And I think when people see a lot of times that God sees, God does want to give you the desires of your heart, not without character, of course. But he, he, he hopefully, if you can get rid of all of your stuff and you have the character of God, your desires will match his desires, and then you will be fulfilled and you will actually.
0: We're designed to be ambassadors of the kingdom, and to be concerned with the kingdom. That's our design. We're designed to have a heart after the kingdom and the kingdom's, God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That's our design. In the in the meantime, as we grow up, we may have some other steps along the way. We may have some, you know, have some uh, some other things. I remember that thing that was a couple of years ago, and it was and I was busted on it too because see what he said was they have a road and go down there and then describe what's at the end of the road. To me, there was a rock. You know, I made a camp there, you know, and somebody else scaled it. Somebody else had bigger things. I go. And
2: what did your wife do? Well, I don't remember. Talked it away? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a stone and I kicked it. <laughs> so made a camp there. Like, I made oh! a camp there.
0: And that's the, tr- you know what, that was the truth. That's what I would have done. That was really what it was. It was a real bust to me. I go, okay, I would have made a camp there and figure out how to survive there. I you know, I would have. Huh? i would have shot him i think but uh but (laughs) i'm not shooting they don't like like that but you know uh uh, but anyway so it was a great little story all right so we, we kind of ran out of time